Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Sugar Freedom Show. I'm your host, Catherine Gordon, and today I get to share a big success story with you. I love to share success stories because when I was on my journey to lose over 60 pounds and keep it off for eight years and counting, I was looking everywhere for stories of people like me who, well, who weren't born naturally slender, but who had managed to find a way to overcome overeating and learn a way to eat and move that really fulfilled their lives and that they could stick to forever. And I always get excited when I come across people out there in the world who've done the same thing. And today I'm so happy because we have Jody Petronella on the show with us. And boy, has he had some big success. He's lost 250 pounds, completely transformed his health. And now he is a primal blueprint coach. And he also helps people like you and me and our listeners to do the same thing that he did to uh, find a way to overcome objections and keep going in order to get their goals. So I'm really happy to have Jody on the show today, and I'm going to welcome him now. Jody, hello. How are you today? I'm great, Catherine. I'm glad to be with you today. Well, I'm really glad that you're on the show, and we're going to go ahead and dive right into it because what one of the things that I'm lucky as the host of the Sugar Freedom Show is that I really do believe that my listeners are looking for the same things that I was looking for back when when I was uh, dealing with obesity. And one of the things we're looking for, Jody, are people who have confronted the same challenges that we've confronted and who have overcome them. So if you would, would you share your story about how you got to be, I know you've lost now 250 pounds. Let's start with, with how did you, how do you really think that it came on? How did you gain gain it? And what do you think the initial cause was? Oh, I know exactly what the initial cause was. Um, early in my life, I was a uh, paramedic firefighter. And for various reasons, I kind of burned out on that job and I made a career transition. And after I made that career transition, it was right about the time the economy was really tanking for the first time, around 2008 or so. And uh, I ended up losing my construction management job. And then we ended up bouncing all over the country chasing work, which is stressful enough. But also, the switch from being, you know, a very active medic firefighter to being, a, well, a more sedentary desk jockey uh, project manager, I, first of all, you know, there's challenges there. I'm, I was still eating the same amount as you hear from people all the time when they make a transition, burning less fuel, but they keep they keep uh, eating the same amount of fuel. So that happened to me, first of all. And then with all the stress and everything else, plus just the general unhealthy nature of, of the way people eat in the construction industry in the field, I started eating more terrible foods, you know, sugar-laden foods, donuts. I don't think we ever had a meeting that didn't involve four boxes of donuts. Mm-hmm. And uh, and after a while, it just you stop even thinking about it. And then, unfortunately, you know, the weight started creeping on. Uh, it came on faster and faster. You know, I, I'd slow down more and more, eat more and more. And then, unfortunately, like a lot of people, too, I was in full-on denial about it. Um, I'm very large-framed. I'm a, I'm a huge guy. I'm over – I'm 6'3". Six, I'm six and mm-hmm. even now at 275, you know, being muscular, you don't look at me and think, you know, a fat guy, even then. So, All right. Well, oh, there you are. Go ahead. Please go on, Jody. I can hear you. 
oh, yeah, no, that's fine. And then just given that, I was in full-on denial until one day uh, driving to work, I had a diabetic emergency. Now, you know I had to be in full-on denial at this point because having been a medic, I should have seen all of the signs and symptoms. But, again, in denial, I just ignored them until one day driving to work, I literally went blind in the car. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. uh, Yeah, yeah. I had to pull over in a panic. And, of course, at this point, you know, when you're in a panic, what do you do? You call your wife instead of calling 911 like you're supposed to. (laughs) But um, final wake-up call, when I realized that, um, oh, yeah, there is a problem here and I can't be in denial anymore. So that's how it all developed. Well, I, I'm very curious. Obviously, you had to go into the hospital and, and had your blood sugar sugar checked. What what was the response that you got from the medical team when you got when you got you know went to get help? How did they respond? Uh, shock, awe, and amazement that I was still alive. First of all, um, my blood sugar at that point, um, by the time we finally measured it, was over 100 milligrams per deciliter. And, uh, Wait, you know, oh, as, it was over how much? It was over 700. Oh, I'm sorry. I had to have you repeat that because I'm like, did I hear that right? That's astonishing. Yeah, you heard it right. I should not have been a, I should not have been walking around. I should have been in a coma long before that. How? So, you know, as, as, you're, as you know, and, and you may have shared with your listeners before, normal, uh, a normal blood sugar range for a, a reasonably healthy person is, is, is under 100 milligrams oh, per deciliter. So, you know, they were, first of all, I mean, they treated me emergently, you know, you know, got it under control, got it under uh, emergent control quickly with insulin and some other oral medication. Mm-hmm. And then they kept me on the insulin and on the oral medications. And, of course, you know, a lot of your folks are going to be familiar with this, too, and can relate to this. The first thing that they do is send you to a, a dietitian or a nutritionist that wants to tell you eat what, whole grains and and and, and you know, no fat and, you know, the standard old dietary advice. It's still happening, Jody. Right now, this very day, they're still giving out that advice, the unenlightened dietitians. So is that the advice yeah. that you got? So how you know, how, did I, you, how did you find another solution? Well, I, I felt like I was banging my head against the wall. You know, when I, when I finally realized I needed to, to take responsibility for this and work on it, I was working out like a fiend, you know, and in my younger days, I was a power lifter and a, and a kickboxer, so I knew how to work out. I knew that component, yeah. but I just wasn't getting anywhere. I was losing a little weight, but keeping it off was a battle. I was always starving. I was always miserable, and I just yeah. knew there had to be a better way, and if there wasn't a better way, I didn't want to deal with it at all anymore. Right. So about then, you know, in, in all of my research, and now mind you, you know, the Paleo wasn't all over the, the Internet yet at this point, but luckily I stumbled into a bookstore and found a, a book on paleo, and I thought, huh, this makes sense. Eat like mm-hmm. our ancestors did, and our body will respond in a natural way. Right. So I started learning everything I could about paleo at that point and started applying the principles slowly, and I should have jumped into it wholeheartedly at that point, but I, there was still some skepticism, you know, especially in light of, like, all of the folks that listen to you deal with, 90% mm-hmm. of the of the information they hear is completely contradictory to the primal lifestyle. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I still and, have some skepticism. Yeah. 
and not only that, um, there's fear. I literally, with, with my clients and students, um, some of them are literally afraid to eat fat. They're scared. Yeah, it's crazy, you know, because when I finally went back to one particular doctor, the endocrinologist, he said, oh, you're finally getting some great results. What are you doing? And I told him, and he flat out told me, that's going to kill you. (laughs) What are we going to do, Jody? I got to tell you, I'm hearing these stories every day. And I think you and I, you know, we have access to to the science. Um, thanks, thank goodness to, you know, Westman and Gary Tobbs and the people who are, uh, and, you know, Finney and Volick, the people who are doing the science right now. But, but Jody, it, it's really tough. It's like we can't break through. We can't get anybody to listen. Yeah, and it's terrible, too, because when, you know, like in, in your position and my position, when you're dealing with clients, often we still need them to have support of a physician, too. And, you know, you're always crossing your fingers when you send them back to their physician. You know, are are they going to understand what's going on here, or do I have to help this person find a new position or help them educate their physician, too? It's incredibly challenging. And one of the things, uh, I'm in some ways, I'm very lucky because my my work is really, I'm, I'm a sugar elimination advocate. And finally, you know, a, a lot of the science is, is on board with the sugar. It should be on board with the fat as well. But my job is made a little bit easier because of the sugar focus. But the real reality is, is it's not just a sugar focus. It's eliminate the sugar and start eating natural, healthy fat. And so it's, it's still a challenge. But let's, let's go back into your weight loss journey and the fact that you've lost 250 pounds. And let's get into the good news about what that journey was like. Tell us how it felt when that weight started to come off. Well, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say at first it was easy, and I never tell anybody that I work with that, you know, it's going to be easy at first, too, because it's, in the beginning, it's very uncomfortable, I mean, especially mm-hmm. if you're combining getting back to movement and exercise with detox. You know, you know, yeah. you know, I, I've listened to your shows on sugar detox, and I'm sitting there nodding my head like, yep, uh-huh. And it's not easy at first. It's completely worth it. After a while, it's easy. But when you get somebody back to moving and you're detoxing them from sugar, uh, you're changing mm-hmm. their diet entirely. And in my case, I usually encourage people to eliminate grains too. Um, of course. There can be a, there can be a, a miserable couple of weeks. <laughs> and that was the case for me too. Um, but once there was, there was a moment of clarity one day when I woke up and realized, you know what, my knees don't hurt when I get out of bed. Yay. That's a good start. You know, Exactly. And then I realized, huh, my shoulder doesn't hurt anymore. And then I realized, geez, I'm less tired in the, in the afternoon. I don't need a nap. Right. You know, so it all started coming together slowly. And as long as you're seeing these signs and symptoms, then one day it just went from a little improvement, a little improvement to, oh, my God, I feel like a different person. And mm-hmm. I know that set point is different for everyone, but for me, it came after I had lost, well, about 100 pounds. I felt like a completely different human and like I could do anything. Yes, yes, it's that incredible. What what I have felt myself and what I've had clients describe to me is this astonishing surge of energy that all of a sudden it's like you're you're plugged into a new energy source. Do you feel that? Yes, absolutely. You know, and, and especially since, and the shift has gotten even more profound since I started playing with advanced techniques like intermittent fasting and stuff too, which yeah. is not for everybody. But right. once I found that I can burn fat more effectively than glucose, um, my energy skyrocketed. Yeah. 
it's it's like you're plugged in. It's like all of a sudden you've you you know you've gone solar or something. You're plugged into the well. The clouds go in front of the sun, but the clouds don't don't go in the front of the fat. Now, one of the things that I want to focus on in in your getting to that hundred pound point, describe to us if you would. Was there a change in your appetite? You talked about being always hungry with the dietitian's plan. Was there a change in your appetite? Oh, it was almost immediate once I started eating, uh, you know, more primally and and, and paleocentric. Um, once I started shifting away from the carbs, um, my appetite decreased dramatically, and I felt like I wasn't a slave to eating every three to four hours like I had been before. You know, mm-hmm. you, I, you've heard, I'm sure you've heard the term hangry before. Well, I was hangry because oh, yeah. meals. I, I had people throwing me Snickers bars and everything else, you know, and it, before just to just to keep me from killing them. Right. Um, you know, there's something I want to ask you about. One of the things in the world of uh, weight loss and fitness, and one of the things that I see a lot, because as you know, I have the Sugar Freedom ebook out, is there's this tendency in advertising to tell people that, that they can eat whatever they want. Now, you and I, uh, it's certainly for me personally, <laughs> as a sugar addict, I mean, I know that I cannot eat the foods that I used to eat and, and stay lean and stay sane. But one of the things I've noticed is that what you want to eat changes. Have you noticed that your your what you want to eat has changed? Oh, absolutely, without a doubt. And I see this in, you know, in clients and friends, too. It's amazing how much your taste changes and, and how overly sweet anything mm-hmm. beyond natural sweetness is now. It's almost incredible, even fruit. You know, to eat fruit yeah. now, I there was no, I had no issue sitting down and eating, you know, two, three apples at a time before. And, and now, if a, an apple is particularly ripe or a, ripe or a banana is particularly ripe, I'm fully satisfied before I even finish it. Oh, that's great. That's great news because yeah. it, if I, I'll, if I may, sh- one of the things that I have noticed with me because my sugar addiction and, and grain addiction is so powerful that I can't eat bananas and grapes. I can eat Granny Smith apples because they're tart and I can eat grapefruit, but I actually can get triggered if I'm, if I eat overripe fruit, especially bananas. So you're lucky that way that you can still enjoy them. And I'm always happy for my clients who can continue to enjoy fruit. Well, I do have to be careful, obviously, you know, I I could still have some lingering insulin resistance because of the, the previous diabetes. And I'm careful to try to not eat anything that's overripe, you know, bananas, They've usually still got some green on them when I'm when I'm eating them. That way, I get the resistant starch right. in me as well. Yes, it's 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 really interesting. One of the things that I think that we need to learn um, as as coaches and also that our clients and readers need to learn is it really isn't black or white. Everybody has. I mean, I know I can't touch sugar and I can't touch grain, but everyone that I work with has different levels of carbohydrate tolerance, and I think that. If we as coaches can get the message out there that carbohydrate tolerance varies, there's people like me who have very, who can only tolerate, um, you know, the above ground vegetables pretty much, maybe sometimes a potato or a sweet potato, but there are other people who are on the continuum. Have you found this with the people you work with? Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, like you, I have to be extremely low carbohydrate and I have to eat high starch carbohydrates when I do. But everybody else, yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that initially bugged me about paleo because early on, paleo was very dogmatic. You know, you had your camps that were 
extremely low carb and then carb and then camps said nothing about it but the extremely low carb camp was uh <laughs> they were they were actually kind of mean about oh no you can't you you can't eat carbs period unless it, unless it's a vegetable yeah so that's why as it developed you know along the lines of primal and a couple other um a couple other camps I became more excited about it and realized, yeah, there truly is a continuum here. And then when I started coaching, especially for some reason, and I still haven't seen definitive research as to why, but it seems like women do need slightly more in terms of carbohydrates than most of my male clients. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things, and, and since you're on that subject, one of the things I've noticed, and you brought up intermittent fasting, um, this is a technique that I use that's been really extraordinary to control my blood sugar and my appetite and to keep me at a, at a healthy weight. But what's interesting about intermittent fasting is that I skip dinner. I don't ever skip breakfast. And I found with men very often it's the opposite. Really? That's interesting. It, it, it really is. I think part of it is because of my lifestyle, though, Jody, because um, I I have most of my classes in the afternoon and evening. And I just, you know, getting up and eating in the morning and eating a big lunch and then, you know, training my clients and doing my classes and then just going to, you know, coming home and being with my family and going to bed afterwards just seems to work with my lifestyle. Um, and I think the other thing is that uh, I found that when I was, you know, trying to practice, I was actually doing eat, stop, eat, if you're familiar with that, which is, you know, eat one meal and go 24 hours. Um, I found that, you know, eating breakfast and going going with that worked for me. But yeah, I, I'm saying I agree with you. There does seem to be a difference between the male and the female uh, reaction to low carb, high fat and paleo or, or intermittent fasting as well. Yeah, I'm working with a, a girl online now who, you know, she tried, she kept trying to get her carbs lower and lower and lower, and I cautioned her. I said, well, that's that's great as an experiment, but don't think you have to get down to something close to absolute zero. You know, right. your body, your body, your body will tell you when you find the right tolerance, and then you've got your baseline to work from. Well, now let's go ahead and get, let's start to get into uh, the the area of coaching and some of the challenges that you see with your clients. I uh, I, I visited your web- website and I love your attitude on you know man, um, if you want somebody to tell you the truth and really get you moving, that you're the guy. Um, one of the things that my clients deal with is um, everybody who's been on a fat loss journey, pretty much deals with plateaus, the people who don't hit plateaus, and I've known a couple, are tend to be the exception. How do you help your clients get through those stuck places? Well, I mean, first of all, I come from a place of empathy because obviously I've been there. You know, there's there's not much they can throw at me that I haven't felt myself. Mm-hmm. So within that, I can all, I'm also pretty good at telling when they're – deceiving themselves a little bit too and i'll call them on it but even beyond that you know again it gets back to everybody's physiology being different you know if i've got you know a a client that was diabetic like me i'm aware of the fact that they're going to hit plateaus along the way just based on insulin resistance if nothing else so at that point you know at that point we might need to employ some you know some uh some heavier duty tools we might need to send them out and get them a a fasting insulin test to see where that's at, and then employ yeah. tools, you know, like eat, stop, eat, or intermittent fasting to try to bust that plateau a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you yeah. know, a lot of it, 
Oh, I'm sorry. A lot of it just comes down, again, to empathy and understanding that how frustrated they're going to get when they hit a plateau and then backtracking and reminding them, yes, but look at where your health is now. You are a healthy human. You are a healthier human now than when you started by far. Speaking of which, um, how do you, you handle, because we see this a lot. I just had a client yesterday say to me, I had to say, I've been having non-scale victories. You know, my clothes are getting looser, but the scale isn't, uh, the scale hasn't been moving. How do you, uh, do, do you have any insight on that situation? Oh, it's extremely frustrating. And I'm, I'm helping a couple people through that right now, including a family mm-hmm. member. Um, the best thing you can do is, uh, is tell them to get rid of the scale for a while. Okay. <laughs> and some people are more resistant to that than others. But <laughs> um, at the very least, if they feel like they've got to have that validation, um, try to get buy-in to have them doing it, you know, like every other week or so, you know, just enough so they can get a taste of it and then also mm-hmm. be ready to be right there with them if they're disappointed um, and point out, you know, it, point out factually, look, we've had you exercising, we've had you working, your muscle density is increasing. If your muscle mm-hmm. density is increasing and you're not losing fat, well, your your scale your scale numbers might not move right away, but I can tell you you are in better shape and the weight loss will come. Yeah, can you talk about I mean certainly you've lost 250 pounds. Was there ever a period where where you got stuck for for a while? And what was that like? Oh yeah, I just last year I was stuck. Um getting down to Getting down to 300 pounds from 530 happened fairly gradually and smoothly. And then all of a sudden I was stuck at 300 for a long time, you know, and and it it got frustrating, you know, but I figured, all right, well, I already know I'm healthy. My clothes are fitting better. I can do most everything that I want to do athletically at this point. I'm Mm -hmm. just going to not stress over it. And I'm going to look for advanced tools and start using these tools. And sure enough, Once I cleared my head emotionally of it and then started using these other tools like the, you know, eat, stop, eat, and intermittent fasting, I was able to break that plateau. Now I'm making tremendous progress again. Isn't that exciting? It is exciting. You know, it just just goes to show that no matter the issue, you can find, you'll probably find a way past your set point. And even if you hit a set point that you're stuck with for a while, um, there's things you can do within it to to increase your health and vitality even at that point. So what what are some of, some of those things that you know if you if you're at a set point what are some things that that my listeners and clients might want to focus on if if that's what they're confronting? Uh, you mean dietarily or exercise or techniques? I think or? maybe exercise wise because I sometimes think that. Uh, you know, if, when the scale stops moving, I think one of the best things you can do is say, is turn around and say, okay, I'm going to give myself a fitness goal. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things that I find, you know, and I've heard you mention this on your show too, is that people, women in particular, are afraid of resistance exercise because they're afraid they're going to get big. Yeah. And and one of the first things that I, I do as soon as somebody can handle it as prescribed, you know, resistance exercise, weightlifting, you know, and I, I typically have folks lifting fairly heavy, you know, none of this endless endless cycles of, uh, you know, multiple sets of multiple reps of, you know, 30 or anything silly like that. I want them to actually build muscle, muscle density and bone density and build some strength. 
Yeah, and it is, and it's all about health. And uh, we, I have to tell you, one of the things that really gets me excited in in my work is uh, I actually come from a world. I I was a dancer, and I'm still a, a choreographer. So I'm fascinated by shaping the body, almost um, for coming from an artistic standpoint and creating that wonderful definition and form. And it really is in some ways, it's like an art form where you're combining the heavy lifting where you want to build volume and then you're combining, you know, form and technique where you want to really shape the body. And I think that's one of the things that sometimes when you hit a wall in, in the scale weight, that sometimes you can refocus on, you know, creating um, the, the shape that you want as opposed to just focusing on the weight that you want. Yeah, exactly. When I'm working with people one-on-one and I can go to the gym with them or go outside and work out with them, that's mm-hmm. exactly what I do is I give them the workout to refocus on and promise them, concentrate on that. The result you're looking for will come next. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I do want to talk a little bit about um, – we both have gotten onto the topic of advanced techniques and we're, we've both talked about how those advanced techniques can include intermittent fasting. And I think one of the things that's interesting is that people can be as, as afraid of, of IF as they, as they are of fat. What are you seeing um, that is convincing you of the, of the effectiveness of this technique? Uh, well, first, personal experience, first of all. I, it's nothing I ever tried with anyone else until I've tried it myself. Yep. And, then, and then, of course, I did a lot of studying. So you're probably familiar with, with uh, Dr. Jason Fung, for one, and you mentioned yeah. Spinian Bullock and, and all the others as well. But Dr. Fung is a, is a huge wealth of information on fasting. And, and uh, how is that spelled, Jody? Is that, is that F-U-N-G or is that spelled differently? Uh, F-U-N-G, just like it sounds, and okay, that's Jason Fung. Okay. Um, his website has a lot of great information, and so does his YouTube channel. And mm-hmm. he's literally put thousands of folks on various intermittent fasting protocols, from extended fast to eat, stop, eat. And mm-hmm. he specializes in working with diabetics, which I do as well. Cool. So, I mean, he's built a tremendous database of information, and, uh, you know, it, he's a great resource. Because I think, Jody, I really do think that that the intermittent fasting technique is really starting to reach critical mass. If you actually, I went through my transformation starting in 2008 as well. It was really a time of transformation. You know, the 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 market crash and the economic downturn and all of that. It was really interesting. All these things happening at once. But that's actually when I first discovered Eat Stop Eat back in 2009. And I do think that the technique is really starting to get the kind of uh, research and, and awareness that it needs for us to be able to comfortably say, hey, this might be, um, this might be something that, that people can look into. So we're coming into, let me see here, we're, we're coming up. up. Whoops, did I lose you? That you want to share with, with the audience, and would you like to share your website if people are interested in your coaching? Yeah, um, I, well, we'll get the uh, we'll get my website out there first. That's uh, okay. there's two ways to get a hold of me. You can either get a hold of me through PetronellaCoaching.com or Primal uh, uh, Primal Fitness and oh, or, or, excuse me, mo- most mostly Primal Fitness. I'm sorry, I just I just that site just went live, so it took me a second to remember. <laughs> All right, so let's make sure we get it out there clearly. Go ahead and say it again for me. Uh, MostlyPrimalHealth.com. Mostly 
primal yeah. health. Great. Yeah. Because and of course, I, the, I gotta... the mostly, yeah, the, the mostly reflects my approach to everything and the fact that I, I, I say there's not one correct dogma for everything. Makes sense to me. So as we as we come into the final final minute or two of the show, number one, it really has been great to talk to, and it's so funny because you know I'm I'm five, I'm five one on a good day, and you're six three. So we're really you know it's really interesting when you can get you know a five foot one woman, a six three you know you know big burly guy, and actually using the same techniques. To uh, to reach the same conclusion, which is a healthy body that we that we can live in. And uh, so, is, is there anything that you wanted to leave the folks with before we start to sign off? Well, just if you're having trouble, you find somebody to support you. You know, that's the biggest thing. Whether it's whether it's online, whether it's in person, and you know, be careful who you listen to too, because the conventional wisdom out there is broken and it isn't working. Um, you know, so I would encourage somebody to find somebody like you or like me that uh and that what's been force fed to us by, you know, the government and the large and the large dietary associations is broken. I agree one hundred percent. And uh I just I'm so glad that you got to be with me today and we got got to talk about this. And uh I hope that we can talk again either podcast or possibly on blab if you're going to be getting up on the blab uh coming up here pretty soon congratulations on the new website and i just want to say thank you again for being here with me on the sugar freedom show thank you Catherine. i appreciate it okay well you'll you'll be hearing from me by email and i just once again so grateful on behalf of me and my listeners that you are here with me today and i'll say bye-bye and have a great day thanks